0: Welcome to Peter's Podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. Namaste, Wendy. Namaste. How's it going? Okay. Good. Um, feeling happy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could make one of those little cartoon faces where like the... the, 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 the
0: yeah. Yeah. So the reason we're having this (coughs) reaction is because we decided to talk about happiness. And it got sparked a little bit, tiny, tiny bit, by um, this article that popped up somewhere, Time, Inc. Daily Habits of Happiness Experts. So we're going to kind of talk about what is the subhead of this uh, podcast, Uh, When I created Peter's podcast, I wanted to say a little bit more about what it's about, rather than because it's not about me. It's about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. So, how do you find those three things, or what are they, or what are they about, or what do they have to do with anything? So, um, it's getting
1: a little broad there. It's very broad,
0: and mostly it's all been funneled through the notion of yoga. So we're talking about yoga practice, yoga philosophy, and so forth. But the experts surveyed, who are happiness experts, right, say very wonderful things, right? They get enough sleep, they have hobbies, they do exercise, they spend time in nature, they meditate or they pray, they spend time with friends, Outside of an office setting or a professional setting, they engage with some kind of support group, or they have therapy, or they spend time with family outside of their house. So they do things as a family. So th- those are all you know good things to do. And I think that <laughs> <laughs> what our what our grimish kind of thing was, and and you know why I chose to name this thing actual happiness is that the notion of what is happiness is the thing I think that is most in question. And this article itself says, you need to start there. It's not about a smiley face.
1: Yeah. Well, as you know, I'm a bit of a contrarian. So as soon as I hear the word happiness, I, I tend to say, you know, for me, the conversation isn't about happiness, that the, the word, the very word itself is somehow in our culture it's like a an ideal that like gets plastered up there and then you're trying to meet that ideal and mm-hmm. the opposite is not happiness or sadness or whatever mm-hmm. and so i get a little contrary when i encounter the argument framed that way or just mm-hmm. like the the issue framed that way yeah but when i listen to you saying sort of repeatedly what's actual happiness I I feel like we're meeting it somewhere, and the question then becomes, how can we wean ourselves off the idea that we have of happiness mm-hmm. in order to find something that's more akin to what I would call contentment, Yeah, which is much more of a yogic concept.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. But we did wear black today, so we're I in I think that. it's really
1: weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're on the dark side of happiness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, contentment, you know, and there's a word in Sanskrit, santosha. And exactly. um, I think the very first podcast episode I ever did um, for Peter's podcast, uh, and it was with Jenny Bloom, was called Like Happiness...
1: Only Better. Or only,
0: only Lasting or something. I forget now. Yeah. But... Um, I didn't prepare by looking that up because it mm-hmm. just occurred to me. But um, yeah, so this notion, santosha, is um, a word that means contentment in Sanskrit, but it doesn't, I mean, it <laughs> it means santosha in Sanskrit. Yeah. Contentment is a translation of that. And even the word contentment in English, it, it has a passive quality to it. Yeah, I think. I'm content with that. Yeah, like I can live with that. Yeah. Or oh well, I guess I'll just be content with that. Yeah, it's a, it's going to have to do that kind yeah. of notion. And the way that yoga uh, uses that word in, in the Yoga Sutras, for instance, it's much more of a practice than a than a passive state of of giving up or accepting.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's one of it's you know. It is a practice. It's it comes up in the sutras as one of the niyamas, which is part of the yamas and niyamas part of the eight limbs. Um, But you know, like for me, there's something in that, you know, like contentment, because santosha carries with it this idea of being okay with what is, like being literally um, sort of at peace with Mm -hmm. what is, and it doesn't. It, you know we're I feel like we're so conditioned to being like that to being focused on outcomes that if I get what I want, then I should be happy right, but Santosha is much more about like a practice around s- staying um, kind of in in this you know the word that's coming to mind is mindful in this mindful place around what comes to me isn't you know like the outside experience is the what is and my relationship with it is the santosha Mm -hmm. right and to me all of this like actual happiness has to entail being okay with the sort of movement of the wheel you know sometimes things work out the way you want them to and sometimes they don't yeah and that's just true
0: that's that's really key too that the fact that it's a wheel implying there's always motion right so it's like contentment isn't a place you arrive at and then it stays yeah right life is in constant motion and i often get into this conversation around the gunas because we have exactly. in the gunas the idea of I'm acting. How am I acting? Am I acting with my attention on the goal? What I'm gonna get from the action- acting? Am I acting on I don't expect to get what I want? So I'm gonna just say,
1: not acting. Screw that,
0: right? Not, Contrary. Not wanting to act, Yeah. right? Or, is the action itself enough right yeah. which is the sattva guna to be in in a place of i'm acting and i may get whatever but that's not the key the key is the continuous wheel the motion
1: i th- yeah you know i for me it came up in a slightly different guise which is that there's um, not so much necessarily about action, but about how we relate. Yep. And that is, um, you know, it's like a similar kind of idea about, you know, are we relating, like, I'm going to do something to that external situation, or are we relating, like, I'm going to withdraw from it, or are we somehow in some kind of uh, kind of ability to pause and those and to me, those things are conditioned, right? like if I'm gonna try and fix it, change it, move it, push it away, act on it, or if i'm gonna you know shut down, withdraw, ignore sometimes in the name of being suffolk, but really right. in disguise tamasic right and in between is it can i take it in can i sort of deconstruct it a little bit get my mind off its patterns relate to it in some sort of neutral way like okay so i feel these things i think these things these, this is what it appears to me but i'm gonna pause and then take an action that's that's the sattvic you know like all that to me relating to the thing takes place before I even get to an action and you know I've been thinking a lot about really like the kunas is part of like what um, one book I'm reading calls relational consciousness mm-hmm. um, and Terence reals book exactly
0: yeah no, I mean, and and I think to a large extent, you know, there's a lot of writing out right now. I'm reading Rick Rubin's new book and too. And, um, you know, this notion of kind of having your antenna up or being mindful, as you just said a minute ago, or being able to catch a moment, of um, clarity before you act, before you engage in the, the relation is. Kind of what a lot of these things are for. It's like yeah. how do you create a little more spaciousness, yeah, so that you're not always just having a reaction, but you're able to respond. And
1: you yeah,
0: and that that. The ability to do that, I think, requires some kind of a practice. Like, you have to have a yoga practice or you have to have uh, some non-yoga meditation practice. You have to have something yeah. that gives you the capacity to note the the distinction between what you think and what's actually going on or yeah. and, how there are options. And there. to
1: just, you know, a pra- some kind of a practice that Moves you off your ego's assessment, even if that assessment is something you come back to. Right. Because doing that brings you back to your reaction in a conscious way. So it's, you know, it's like, what was I thinking about? Um, You know, there's this idea that we like, we want to act upon the world but we are part of the world right like we're not all-powerful like the mind is not an all-powerful tool and so if we can get with that program a little bit and say well i don't know for sure but i know for sure what i'm experiencing and i can be with that experience and from that place, see all the different components and know that you know, there's me, there's you, there's this situation. And I don't have all the, I'm part of this, but I don't have all the control over, ooh, sorry, all the control over everything in it. And so if I can align with being in my own sattvic container place, then what's going to happen and be aware of what is to my best knowledge i mean i don't have the full objective reality picture any more than you do Mm -hmm. Uh, to me that's not what viveka is and if i do that then i can create all these i can be in relationship in a way that is really i think what all these happiness people are talking about Connection with your family, group activities, you know, feeling part of something—all of those things. Being able to sleep, <laughs> being able to sleep, which is huge, mm-hmm. um, and so that's that's kind of like my thing—the like only thing in nature that we can actually act upon, and then only sometimes if we're not feeling utterly reactive, is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then it moves outward again. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we all have that experience over and over again. If I'm in a good mood, the world looks great and things happen in a certain way Right. that they tend not to if you come in with, like, fear or anxiety.
0: Right. And trying to push things.
1: Or trying to push things, right?
0: You know, dominate. I mean, I had an experience of that this morning. Like, I got a little tweaked by a couple of things, but just decided, okay, I'm just going to take my own space and be in that space i did a meditation i did a little reading blah 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 and then things just suddenly started falling into place you know? so all the things i had been thinking about just sort of became options and i like that <laughs> yeah and so you know the way that things happen like a lot of times we get into this again, goal-oriented thing, this rajasic relationship with things like, oh, I'm going to take this practice that teaches me how to be non-reactive and from it, I'm going to get everything I want.
1: Exactly. It's that last statement that gets you. (laughs) Well,
0: there it is. It's like totally blew the whole point of why we're doing it, right? So like we can want things, absolutely. We can even get the things we want. Sometimes. Absolutely you know, sometimes. And the the key to happiness, right, santosha, which doesn't mean, oh, well, I guess I can only get this much happiness, right? It's like true happiness, (laughs) like true, like I'm in the right place in the world. I'm able to connect with all the shariras to use that model, right? You're like, I can tap my bliss as well as all the other aspects of what I am, right? Because now I'm living harmoniously. And those can come from this willingness to accept things as they are and move from there.
1: Right, yeah. And so hearing you reflect it back that way makes me really feel doubly clear that the the thing that has to get let go of the illusion or the image that the mind makes that we have to let go of in order to kind of keep creating that state of happiness of actual happiness is to realize that it and this is also in all of every single one of the ancient texts it's not about what we get it just can't be because once you say that actual happiness consists in being okay with what is, and in fact, that is what you get from that niyama, uh, you have to kind of, um, I think, you know, and maybe this is like a Debbie Downer moment for me, but you have to um, let go of whatever your mind's vision was of what would be happy. Right, Like, uh, you take anything that you always wanted and look at what happens with your ego and you say you might have to let go of that and see how much clinging you'll find in yourself. It's going to be a lot. But when you realize if the goal then becomes contentment or santosha, then accepting the thing that is is the place where you start moving forward into actual happiness. Right. Because it's not going to be otherwise until you get there.
0: Right. You know, I said something to a student um, recently, and, and then I mentioned something to you when we were talking about this book. Um, and I just looked at the book today, and what is the guy's name? Oh, shoot. Um, the book is called Happy Yoga. Yeah. And the author Ross. is- Ross. Ross, thank you. Um, and in the book, he describes something about desire. And um, it's a little bit of a like a paraphrase or an alternate phrasing of something that Al says a lot. Al will often say, Alan Finger will often say, when you get what you want, you have bliss about it for like three seconds. And then in creeps the, but what about that adapter that I could get for that? Or what about like if it was a pair of shoes? What about the handbag that matches that, you know, and yeah. so forth? And the the way that um that Ross um, mentions desire in, in his book is there is this bliss that comes from getting something. And the bliss is because when you get the thing for that moment, that instant.
1: There's no desire, right.
0: You do not experience desire and that is bliss. Right, And so what I said to a student of mine recently was, you know, I've been going through this thing over the past few years where something will come up like I want something, right? I just bought a new amplifier, right? I
1: just bought a new pair of shoes. Yeah, there you go.
0: So, (laughs) you know, sometimes you get the things, right? And so you have that three seconds of bliss from it, right? But something else has been going on where I go, why am I occupying so much of my attention with this desire for this thing? Yeah. I don't need this thing. Yeah. What would happen if I just don't get that thing? Yeah. And then I let it go. It's happened with our cars a few times because we've been sort of yes. juggling what kind of car do we want, you know? And so, um you know, the letting go of the desire like literally explicitly. Yeah. Like well, what if I don't get that? So what? Let's just forget. Let's just stop thinking about that so much. (sighs) The same feeling comes about. Yeah. And that's been very instructive as well. It's like you can get the satisfaction either way, which is another exercise in santosha. Again,
1: the satisfaction of the external thing is not the thing. Right. You know, like, I don't know, but... Sometimes I just feel like this living program is just way beyond our comprehension. And we should just acknowledge that and be in utter acceptance of the things that are. And when we're not, exactly, do a practice around it. So that's what I hear in your in your thing. It's like acknowledging that, you know... Where's the balance point for me in this? you know, how much pursuing of making something better do I need to do, and how much letting go of the idea of what I need do I need to do? because somewhere in in there, I think is you know just this um, kind of process of you know becoming and being and then letting go of patterns that that make us happy because they're adaptive and then they don't work anymore and then we have to shift it like you know we're coming up on our 20th wedding anniversary and I think we've been through a lot of different phases um in you know being in harmony with each other you know it's just part of what happens in in a in a long-term relationship and you know, kind of getting to the place where you're letting what is now be what is and relating to that thing involves letting go of a thing that you thought you wanted. But yet, this is what I always find, here we still are. Right? Like, it's like the the pattern has... the the overall pattern has remained (laughs) but what's contained inside it has changed you know it's like I had cellular transformation 10 times over Mm -hmm. so I you know I'm not speaking from a place where I have mastered my desire in any way shape or form as I think you just also experienced but I think you know, my version of working with my desire is to say, oh, well, here's this thing and here's my pattern around this thing. And if I just understand that the I'm not happy, there's that, right? I'm not content. I don't feel good when I just indulge in that old pattern. Interesting.
0: I'm content with that.
1: I'm happy with that.
0: We'll, see. we'll talk again. Yeah. Namaste.
1: Namaste.